Hello, hello, and welcome to Flutter Spaces. The date is December 27th, 2023. I hope that everyone had a great Christmas for those who celebrate, and a happy holiday season to everyone. Today we're going to chat about what what anybody in the audience plans to do with Flutter or Dart in the new year, in 2024. Uh, as always, we're open to all comments and questions related to Dart and Flutter. All you have to do is hit that microphone button. We'll bring you up on stage, call your name, and you're welcome to provide any comment or story or ask any question. Uh, as a reminder, you can listen to earlier episodes of Flutter Spaces at flutterspaces.com. We also have released a podcast available on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Before we get started, we'll do a couple introductions of, of myself and my co-host, Ray. My name is Matt Carroll. I'm a former member of the Flutter team. I provide Flutter development services at superdeclarative.com. I also run the Flutter Bounty Hunters, where we work exclusively on open source Flutter and Dart packages. So if your company would like to save money by funding open source tools instead of always building the tools yourself, check out flutterbountyhunters.com. Ray, how's it going with you today? Hey, Matt. Uh, it's going all right. <laughs> Man, still recovering, but uh, it's good to be here and good to have everyone here as well. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I, if you don't know already, um, I'm Ray, Ray Lee. Um, I am the CEO and founder of Codelessly, uh, and Codelessly is a visual uh, editor for Flutter. Uh, so you can build Flutter web apps and websites um, and app mobile apps. Uh, using a visual editor. Now, what's really exciting today, I think, is uh, there are quite a few, you know, Flutter posts, and I'm going to throw some things up into the nest. Um, and we can also, uh, we'll, we'll also uh, run a poll. So uh, we want to figure out what uh, this community here, uh, what you are tuning in for. Um, and why you're tuning in, uh, so we can better, you know, uh, we can make these spaces better for everyone. Sounds good. Again, for the audience members, anyone here is welcome to speak. Uh, I'll also say I know, I think we discovered last week that, that there tends to be uh, a bit of timidness among the audience. Maybe not everybody wants to get up and speak, or maybe not everybody is in a place where they can speak into their phone. If you do have a question or comment and you don't want to come up on stage, you can use that chat button at the lower right of the screen. You can write a comment or a question and we can address that uh, on your behalf. But all audience members are welcome to come up and speak if they'd like. Uh, now, Ray, you've mentioned some posts. Did you want to jump in with those to give us some initial discussion topics? Oh, uh, yeah. So I replied. I. I... Usually, so when I initially started these spaces, I'd uh, have a tweet thread uh, just under, you know, the uh, spaces. And I did start putting some posts under uh, your tweet. Um, I just have to find it. It's pretty hard to navigate. Um, and I'll also make the poll as well uh, so people can, uh, and I'll link it here. So uh, if everyone could, you know, let us know uh, why you're, you know, uh, coming to these spaces, what do you hope to get out of it, um, et cetera. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah I just need a moment though. 
yeah, I have your posts up here, at least on my desktop. I can see them. But, uh, but before I bring those up, Samuel has uh, requested to come up on stage. Samuel, would you like to ask any questions or provide any comments? Um, yeah, I'd like to provide um, a comment and something that Flutter has really done in my life. And yeah, just like uh, the title, what I'll be doing with Flutter in 2024. I'm sorry, maybe I missed it. Did, did you provide the comment or were you saying that's what your comment's about? Yeah, that's what my comment is about. I would just like to say something about Flutter and um, how Flutter has helped my life and what I'm planning to do with Flutter 2024. And yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, I mean, jump in and, and let us know what's on your mind. All right. Um, I started Flutter March 2023, and I got my first contract August, and I was not supposed to jump into the contract, but I just tried and like, yeah, I just collected that. It was a remote contract, and by December, I was done with that, and I was really, really impressed because my client was also impressed because he wanted to demonstrate it and he got 52 over 60, which was impressive. It was a final year project idea. And I was really, really surprised. But during um, writing those codes, I had no issues with building UI and every other thing, but I had issues with writing logic. So um, Flutter 2024, I think I'll be focusing more on um, fixing bugs and contributing to Flutter open source and yeah, also learning OOP concept because that really affected me while in the contract. But yeah, that's just it. But my client didn't know I was a newbie, sure. He didn't know that I was a newbie. He thought I was an expert or intermediate. So that was just it. So 2024, I plan on focusing on Flutter fully, creating more content, joining more space related to Flutter, following people related to Flutter, moving into the community related to Flutter, anything Flutter 2024, yes. And in open, like contributing and everything. Yeah, that's just my goal for 2024. Yeah, creating content on YouTube. So that's my goal for 2024. Thanks, Samuel. Um, I'm glad to hear that you were able to get some paying work. I think it's important that, uh, that there be as much of a robust Flutter market as possible. Developers who create things of value should be able to, to make a decent living doing so. So I'm glad that you're on that path, and I'm glad that you're fully focused on, on all things Flutter. So we'll look forward to the work that you do in, uh, in 2024. Now, Ray, back to uh, your post that you were talking about. I do see here a reference to an auto-close package. I don't see, I, don't, I haven't looked into the details of it, but was that something you wanted to chat about? Yeah, I threw some tweets into uh, the Flutter, uh, the tweet box up top. And uh, those are uh, just things I saw uh, recently and also uh, throughout the week. Uh, there's, qu there's quite a few exciting things. But yeah, we can, uh, I want to, I guess, uh, get started with perhaps talking about this new package. Uh, there's like an auto-close package. And it's a pretty neat idea. Um, so if you look in the tweet box, you can take a look at it. Uh, what it does is it uh, you attach um, uh, you know two dots and then a close 
call next to your uh, streams and listeners. And then uh, when your widget is disposed, it automatically closes them. Uh, so that's a convenience. Um, and it's an interesting pattern. Um, I, I sort of like it. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've taken a look at that. Um, or anyone here, if they've taken a look. Um, because uh, streams and listeners, uh, they are a bit... Uh, you, you do have to close them. You have to put them in the dispose method and remember to close them. Um, and if you don't, uh, well, what does happen if you don't close a stream? Um, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> It's going to depend on the stream. It's it's there's a likelihood of a uh, of a memory leak. I think there's a, I'm always of two minds about tools like this. On the one hand, we can say, well, it saves some typing and some verbosity in your state objects because you no longer have to dispose stuff. Uh, and this is similar to hooks, and it's similar to a number of other tools that exist. The other side of that, however, is that literally critical things are happening that you don't see. And, okay, if you're the one who brings in the package, you're aware that it's happening. But what happens to the next person you hire and the next person you hire and the next person you hire? The more that you accumulate this hidden magic, uh, the at a minimum, the more kind of onboarding and training you need to do, and you, and you need to make absolutely sure that everyone understands what's going on. You can't just onboard a, develop, a Flutter developer and hope that they figure it out, because if they don't realize that disposal is happening, they're going to run into all sorts of inexplicable uh, bugs one way or the other. They, for example, they might, they might go dispose the things that have already been disposed, and then they have some runtime error and they're trying to figure out what's going wrong. So on average, uh, my recommendation is that people just implement the lifecycle methods for state objects. You, there's a place where you initialize, there's a place where you update, and there's a place where you dispose. It might take you an extra minute or so to type out the, you to actually implement those three behaviors. But if you start mixing in a bunch of automatic behavior on your behalf, I think in the long run, it just becomes hidden magic that, that hurts you in ways that you didn't expect. Sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes it really does save you some effort, and it's nice. But I've just seen stuff like this blow up in people's faces too many times. I'm just not sure that it's, it's worth it. I have some, uh, I guess, questions about whether or not, uh, so from my experience, like, I, I guess I have some questions about, like, your experiences where you see this blow up in people's faces, because uh, what I've seen, um, and I, I guess uh, it goes into uh, what I want to um, understand more about the actual Flutter uh, behaviors, uh, so Casey Rogers uh, made a post where he says that he doesn't close any streams or listeners from widgets. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it really challenges uh, your assumptions uh, because what does happen, what, what bad things happen if you don't close your listeners or your streams? Um, I, I haven't seen 
like an article that really delves into that or anyone uh, really uh, figure out, you know, what's the downside of not closing your streams. Um, so maybe like that's just an extra thing that people are doing that might not be that impactful. Um, similarly, uh, I, I'm willing to bet that one thing uh, 95% or 98% of developers aren't doing is they aren't canceling their network requests if uh, the page gets popped. So if you have a page, like let's say a fruit details page, uh, you're fetching the details for a fruit product and via an API, and you're making a network call. So when the page is closed, um, but the network call hasn't finished yet, um, some some libraries and some recommend uh, some people recommend that you should cancel that network call uh, via you know like a cancel token like in Dio. Dio uh, Dio is a HTTP package that supports that. Uh, so implementing that for every single network request. Uh, is a bit much. Um, so then you have <laughs> packages like Riverpod that aim to solve that problem with you know reactive caching and handling the disposal method for you. So I think there is definitely room um, and there needs to be tools and packages um, and helper methods that make necessary things uh, uh, like it just simplifies necessary things that does necessary things for you. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Again, I, I would caution against that. If it's necessary, it means you need to understand it. That's, that's the whole point of necessary things. If it were unnecessary things that were automated, then I would be more open to it. But the idea of taking critical code paths, things that have to happen and putting that responsibility deep down into somebody else's package, I, in my mind, that just isn't that isn't a good uh, cost benefit there. Flutter, you know, I, a lot of a lot of I think the online discussions around Flutter reveal that there are a lot of Flutter developers that already don't really know how Flutter works, and so I am very hesitant to have those developers further separate themselves from Flutter. I think there's a a, a likelihood that again they they. Because they, they understand even less than they already do when, again, suddenly there's no dispose method. Not because there's no disposal, but because disposal is magically happening on their behalf against some set of objects that were magically registered. Is it, and so it's, it's, now, if you're dealing with a team of very experienced developers who know this stuff like the back of their hand, and there's no, like, there's no group of junior developers and senior, it's just a group of developers who are very well versed in the ins and outs of Flutter, and they've collectively chosen to hide all of their disposals because it saves them time. That's one thing. I mean, they can make whatever decisions they want. They all know what they're doing. But if we're talking to the general population, I just don't recommend that people hide critical necessary behaviors. Disposal isn't complicated. It's just a little tedious, but it is necessary. And let me circle back, Ray, to your question of, or your point about streams. Uh, fulfilling an API contract is not the same thing as premature optimization. It was one thing when we were talking some number of weeks ago about stateless versus stateful widgets and how you shouldn't try to make everything stateless 
that it's not really buying you much of anything. And look what happens when you use a bunch of stateful widgets. There's no actual performance penalty, really. Well, that's a question of premature optimization. But when it comes to closing a stream, the stream API says, you must close this. Now, just because someone somewhere has a particular configuration where he's able to get away with not closing streams doesn't mean that's acceptable or the right thing to do. API contracts are contracts. If you don't fulfill the contract, you don't know what's going to happen. In terms of the specific question around state objects, the big question likely is, comes from where were the streams initialized? If you initialize a stream in a state object, and then the state object is disposed and recycled, you're probably okay. But if that stream was obtained, let's say from an ancestor widget or from outside the widget tree, maybe you're using Riverpod, maybe you're using Gitit, you've, you've obtained that reference from somewhere outside that subscope of the widget tree. Well, when your widget disposes, it still is registered as a listener to a long-lived stream. So your state object can't be recycled by the garbage collection system. And whenever the next event comes in on that stream, your dead state object is going to get the call to handle that. Now, hopefully you at least have an if mounted in that callback, but if you don't, you're going to blow up with, with an exception because you're going to access things that no longer exist. You're going to try to do state stuff when you're not in the tree. So I, I, don't, I would not at all recommend that people go around not closing streams. That's just a really terrible idea. That's not about premature optimization. That's about following the rules of contracts, which is absolutely critical to effective uh, programming. Yeah, well said, Matt. Um, and Samuel, since you're up on stage, if you have any thoughts here, uh, feel free to jump in as well. Uh, I'll just quickly reply and uh, I guess provide some more uh, thoughts that I just popped into my head with uh we're going to going to like the core of the issue. Um, it, it it could be that some of these objects are, and some of these uh, tools that we have um, aren't the best uh, designed, and they have fundamental flaws. Um, so what I mean by that is uh, a lot of people in Flutter and uh, Flutter developers uh, they don't like streams. Um, they think streams are uh, not very uh not very aligned with uh the rest of flutter um and they're uh a bit unwieldy to work with uh, but then you have um so say the network example uh, if you don't uh, if you uh have callbacks in your network code and you aren't doing an is mounted check uh, then you will get a lot of errors if you don't cancel the network request uh, because you're trying to call set state on a widget that's already been disposed. Um, so you, then that's additional verbosity that uh, where you need to, where every developer now needs to remember to do an is mounted check. And that remembering to do something, uh, especially, you know, with networking and any like async complexity um, isn't, in my opinion, a, a question of whether or not you're a senior, junior developer, uh, because 
uh, it's like I forget. Um, I sometimes forget, you know, after making a network request, if I'm calling set state to check is bounded. Uh, and it's just a matter of, I guess, uh, missing some things. Um, and even senior developers miss some things uh, sometimes, too. It's not about missing things, though. So kind of the, the argument that I think you just made is that if you're a developer who understands when and why things happen, but you sometimes forget, then maybe you want to add this tool that does it automatically so that the next time you forget is not a problem. My point was that there are developers who don't know when things happen. There are developers that don't really know why something goes wrong when that network call comes back later. They don't fully understand what set state does and what is this element tree thing and what does it mean to be deactivated and what's a subscope. There are developers who don't know those answers. And I think those developers have and will continue to use these tools as a crutch to avoid understanding what those things are because they learn that, hey, when I add this mix in, my error goes away. They don't necessarily know why. They just know, you know, problem solved, moving on. So they start accumulating anti-understanding of Flutter as they accumulate the tools that allow them to avoid learning it. So when there are developers who fully know what they're doing and why, I understand that they might want to bring in tools that reduce verbosity and reduce the likelihood of forgetting things. And I leave those decisions up to the knowledgeable developers. But again, if we're speaking to a general audience where there are a lot of people who are pretty new to Flutter, I caution against that because if you don't actually understand why you're using a tool, if you don't understand what set state does and why checking mounted is important, if you don't know what mounted means, you, you really should learn those things first. Those, should, those details should be so common to you that they're boring. And then if you want to bring in some kind of automation, I leave that up to you. But learn the fundamentals first. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm actually trying to go back and learn all these fundamentals um, because I'll admit, you know, I'm uh, I, I just accepted what people said. Uh, you know, I read the tutorials. Uh, I play around with some things and I read more tutorials and that forms the basis of my Flutter knowledge. But uh, going back to some of the basics and actually testing how things work, because sometimes the tutorials and sometimes the Flutter guides, uh, they, you read them and you don't understand them uh, correctly. So that's also a, a place where there's a room for error. Um, I, yeah, I guess the final just, thing... So you just reminded me, I'll just mention real quick, as we look towards 2024, one of the things that I expect to do next year is to publish a number of websites that provide guides for Flutter and Dart development uh, so I'll be, you know, one ex one website will have various Flutter recipes, design patterns, approaches to common problems, this kind of thing. Another website will be fully dedicated to understanding render objects. Uh, another one will be dedicated to building uh, Dart CLI apps. So I'm going to fill those out with guides and recipes and patterns as much as possible. And then hopefully more people will will be able to really learn how to do things themselves and spend less time adding packages. Yeah, that will be uh, really interesting to see. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there. Uh, and uh, I, I'm sure, like, I mean, you do get a lot of questions 
especially with, you know, where to start. Um, and what is very suspect is that a lot of the starting resources, uh, they are somewhat um, problematic. Uh, not that they're, uh, like, that people put a lot of time into them, of course, uh, but they don't really explain um, the most important things. So it doesn't highlight, I guess, the most important uh, basic concepts that you really, really need. Oh, I, so the final thing I'll bring up here is uh, in, in regard to this topic of um, automatic behaviors and, you know, various API um, and whether or not they're, you know, good or not. And then uh, implementing, you know, automatic uh, or hidden um hidden mix-ins, etc. So I guess the parallel to me is that in the React world, 99.9% uh, .9 of React developers uh, I would consider I would consider them like in terms of our discussion uh, junior developers. 99.9% .9 of React developers. Because 99.9% .9 of React developers aren't uh, writing code that, you know, writing code for React server components. Uh, they aren't writing or, or even changing the behavior of use effect. So things like that, um, I, I guess uh, what, what our discussion made somewhat clear to me is that Flutter has a more fragmented uh, developer base. Uh, so in terms of uh, the amount of developers who, the percentage of developers who can um, write lower level code, um, I'd say Flutter has a much higher percentage. Um, and that's a real credit to the framework. Uh, the framework lets us, uh, lets, you know, Remy and lets Felix make their own state management packages. Um, whereas React... Uh, you don't really have that too much. Um, I, I don't know any React developers that are uh, writing um, or contributing to uh, React server components, like the actual core uh, fundamental framework changes to the React platform. And that that could be, you know, a pro. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a pro, but it does create um, some of the problems that we're seeing. Um. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, React, React wants to be an application framework these days. I never wanted Flutter to be an application framework. I don't, I still don't want it to be an application framework. And I think that if it tries to do that, it'll just destroy its mission. Uh, it's okay to just be a user interface toolkit. That's that really is one collection of responsibilities. Doing that really well is, it, I think, is a great idea. I I would really hate to see Flutter try to do server side stuff. Uh, obviously, we've talked about not wanting Flutter to impose any particular state management. I'll say again, I, I we still don't have a definition for that term, but I'll use it because so many other people do. I just want Flutter to uh, to react to gestures, process text input, paint pixels, and, and that's it. Let everybody else do whatever they want to do. 
I do want to take a moment, uh, since we had some turnover in the audience here, to remind everyone that you're welcome to come up on stage and ask any question, uh, make any comment. We're talking about any and all things Flutter and Dart. Uh, we're looking towards 2024. Is there anything that you'd like to see Flutter do in 2024? Is there anything that you plan to do with Flutter or Dart in 2024? Just hit that mic button and you can come up on stage uh, and say whatever's on your mind. You can also use the chat button or message button down in the lower right of your screen if you'd like to ask a question without coming up on stage. Maybe you're in a place where you can't use your microphone. That's fine. You can type something in down there. We'll read it, and then we can, uh, we can address it. Oh, and I also uh, put the poll. I just made the poll um, of whether of what you would like to see from our Flutter spaces, and I put it in the tweet box. So if everyone listening could go and vote on the poll, uh, it will help us. Um, and I guess we should yeah discuss the poll. So Matt and I, um, we're currently the co-hosts, um, and we're open to, uh, and we do want to see other people come and help us host as well, uh, because some weeks I won't be here, and some weeks uh, Matt might not be here, or something uh, something might come up. So, so far, uh, these flutter spaces, uh, when I started them, they've been pretty freeform. So. What I've done for the initial, what I did for the initial Flutter spaces, um, and some of them, uh, it was just me here uh, for a few hours, uh, so, so we didn't have you know a bunch of listeners and participants. Uh, so when it was just me, uh, to I, I guess what I what felt natural to me was just looking at, through the week and seeing what people in the Flutter community were talking about. Um, so I I don't ever come to these spaces with uh you know a topic in mind or um uh, I, I i don't want to bias you know any of our discussions really um i just want to see what the community is doing uh, what you know the community might be making cool packages etc uh we can talk about those uh the community might have some you know spicy discussions uh well we should talk about those um and whatever you know our listeners and our speakers uh bring to the table as well uh, whereas, uh, Matt, you have a different opinion. Um, you think that um, having a topic might uh, might be helpful, might help uh, grow these spaces. Um, and I think that's the goal. So, like, I guess uh, to, uh, first of all, perhaps we should agree on what the goal is. Um, like, is the goal to, uh, I, I think the goal should be to grow these spaces uh, while also trying to keep it um keep it uh useful for listeners and keep it uh useful for discussion uh, but what are your thoughts here matt i've noted a few things over the weeks uh, when we have guests we tend to bring more people into the spaces they seem to be more interested to hear what's going on and i think they stick around longer I've noticed that when we don't really have a topic or guests, the audience is smaller. Uh, the audience kind of churns more. And as you know, as we can see in this spaces right here, the frequency with which audience members choose to come up and speak 
for any purpose is pretty low. It's pretty tough to get anyone to come up on stage and say anything. Uh, I think we probably had a bit more success with that with guests than um, without guests. But e but it's just it's tough. It's tough to get people to come up here and join the conversation. I'd love to find a way to change that. As everyone here knows, for those who have called in or tuned into more than one of these spaces, we're kind of constantly trying to to get people to come up on stage and be a part of a broader conversation. It's just really tough to do. And even today, it looks like, as far as I can tell, we don't even have comments from other people who are who are currently listening. So it's, it just gets down to you and me, Ray, to then have some kind of content, some kind of direction for this conversation. And there's only so many things that are going to happen in a given week for us to bring up and talk about. So in the interest, uh, and by the way, when I talk about having a larger audience, I, I'm not suggesting that I think the goal should be to have the biggest possible audience or something like that, because I also don't want to go down this, this road of just uh, kind of sensationalism, where we say the most extreme things all the time to drive engagement, that I hate that. I want this to be a useful space. I want it to be a community space. I'd like to see us come together rather than split apart. I'd, I'd rather see us be positive than negative. So the goal, as far as I'm concerned, is not to make this as big as humanly possible. I just want it to make, I, I want it to be something that people get value from every week. And one of the ways to gauge that is how many people show up, how many people speak, how many people ask questions. Do people actually get something out of this? Whatever that path is, I'm down to do that. My observation up to this point is that in the absence of a guest and also in the absence of a kind of specific topic, I think that we tend to bring less people into these calls and we get fewer people commenting during the calls. Do, do your, Ray, do your observations match that? Um, somewhat, but... Uh, so going by our past uh, spaces, uh, the one with Remy was our uh, biggest one yet. Uh, the one with, with Remy um, had um, 118 uh, listeners at once. Uh, so that was pretty uh, neat. Uh, the one with uh, Kevin Moore, I, I think we had uh, we had like 80 listeners um, at once. Uh, that was the peak. And then uh, we had some spaces before that uh, where it was just free form. And uh, the highest we had uh, free form wise was around like 42 or 44 uh, listeners. So uh, based on those like numbers, um, you're right that when we have guests, uh, we do get a lot more listeners. Uh, and partially, a lot of it is because of the algorithm. So when Remy joins, Remy has over 30,000 followers on Twitter. Um, so that's why we had so many people listening. Um, it somewhat activated our algorithms. And that's what's so valuable here about everyone listening currently. Um, like just being here in this, these spaces, um, not, you know, you don't have to speak, but just being here. Uh, you're contributing so much to uh, these space calls. Um, like it, it, it was really tough in the beginning uh, to just 
have one person here. Um, and then eventually it was really tough to just have, you know, me and Matt here. Um, but now we have a few listeners and th- we, we do have some momentum. So I, I want to keep that going. And one thing I realized is that uh, one, one thing I realized is that it, it is about the discussion. Um, it's not really about the size of uh, our audience. Um, and, and we do have um, some uh, speaker requests. So I'll finish up my remarks and then um, I'll hand it off to a multi-talented developer and then we'll go to Marco. Uh, but just to finish up the remarks, um, yes, I think the goal, uh, I, I, I've changed the goal from you know growing these spaces. I think the goal is to have discussion uh, because th- that forms the foundation and it, it really aligns, I think, with what we originally wanted to do. Um, and if we're not having people, you know, coming up and speaking, um, then uh, that <laughs> that becomes, uh, I think that is the biggest problem, perhaps. Okay, so I'll hand it off to a multi-talented uh, developer. A multi-talented developer, you have the floor. Oh, I can't hear you, multi-talented developer. Uh, can anyone else hear him? Hi, hello. Hi, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can hear you loud and clear now. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, great space we've had so far. Um, I was just thinking, should we give a should we give a name to our Twitter spaces? Like, actually, a concrete name to it. Right, and as as Matt said, we should probably be having like specific topics that we want to talk about, or at least those should be those should be like headlines that we should have whenever we are having our spaces. And I think our 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 spaces should have like a con, con like a concrete name. Uh, yeah, and. Yeah, what plans do we have for 2024? Do we have any specific roadmap for 2024? Mm, that's it for me for now. Oh, well, that's what we're talking about. We're trying to figure out uh, what we want to do here for these spaces for 2024. Uh, so uh, I guess since you're up here, uh, now's a great chance to ask you a question, multi-talented developer. Uh, what do you uh why do you come to these spaces and what are you hoping to uh you know get out of these spaces yeah thanks so the main reason i i usually come to these spaces is actually to meet um more flutter devs because i work with flutter full time so i always want to keep my mind attuned with what is going on in the ecosystem right so i just come here to hear from different people what they are doing how they are doing things and how how it's different from how i am actually doing things so basically just to keep my mind sharp and just to keep me on on an edge on on flutter ecosystem yeah so that's the main reason that i come to the spaces and it has been helping me in that regard that's great oh thanks for sharing Um, so how can we make that better? Uh, any 
any thoughts, any feedback? Um, yeah, I think we should. So for any space that we want to host, we should actually give it a name, right? Maybe even have like um, just simple posters, right, for a, a space and we should give people like an heads up, maybe like a week heads up. Okay, we are going to have this space next week and this is what we are going to be talking about. Maybe this kind of post that we are going to bring in, right? So it, it's just prepare people's mind concerning it. It does not necessarily have to be what the topic is. That's what we'll talk about throughout. But people just need something to attune their mind to, okay, we'll be talking about stage management this week. We'll be talking about teams this week and 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 all, or we'll just be or be talking about what is currently trending in the ecosystem, right? And yeah, probably just put a poster up and of the main speakers for that day. I think that would really help instead of just randomly saying, "Okay, we'll, we'll have a Twitter space tomorrow," just coming and talk randomly, you know. Some people may be comfortable with it, but most other people might not be comfortable with it because they don't even know what to expect. So they they might even be hesitant to talk, right? Because it is very, very random. Yeah. So I think we can bring some organization to it. If we bring some organization to it, um, people that are vast in the topic that we intend to, to talk about will definitely come in and want to actually share their op opinions instead of just making it random. Yeah, that's it for me. Thanks for the input. I think, I think what I'm hearing is, is a combination of stability and focus. Uh, exactly. Great. So I, I will say we do have flutterspaces.com. I, I know the name Flutter Spaces might not feel super concrete because all of the things on Twitter or X are, are spaces. But we do have flutterspaces.com, and we've kind of been talking about these as Flutter Spaces. And one of the reasons I think that we left that a little bit generic is because we've identified over the weeks that there are a lot of people obviously spread around the globe, different time zones, sometimes are more convenient than others. And I think one of the things that, that I would like to see is over time, I'd like to see some Flutter Spaces hosted by different people in different time zones not just like a one-off thing, but a recurring thing. Like for example, maybe there are some hosts in India that every week they do one of these, but they're the hosts and, and it's their flutter space in that region of the world in that time zone. Our website over time and our podcast, we can collect all of those different flutter spaces. We can have like a host in different regions of the world who each have their own weekly schedule and they have their own weekly topics. And that way, everybody's got a place they can go at a reasonable time. Now, we haven't figured out any plans for that, and no one has offered to do that hosting, but that's just kind of spitballing an idea about how flutterspaces.com could expand to be more than just me and Ray talking at 12 p.m. Pacific time every Wednesday. Though I will say, this space, we have consistently done this at 12 p.m. Pacific each Wednesday for quite a few weeks now. That's kind of become the standard time, and that time is posted on our website. Uh, but to the multi-talented mobile developer, love the name, and I appreciate the input. We'll definitely, Ray and I will take that into consideration. 
I do see that we have Marco, Nawid, and Zach on this on stage. So let's start with Marco, and then we'll go from there. How's it going, Marco? Hey, uh, hey, uh, just to jump in real quick before we uh, go to you, Marco. Um, I I shared a tweet into the spaces, and uh, Sahil said that uh, it's two a.m. where he is, uh, but he would have loved to introduce himself and get some tips. And that's a great suggestion. So uh, when you're up here, when we bring you up. Um, and it, uh, when it's your turn on the stage, um, if you could introduce yourself. So uh, I'm going to hop back real quick to multi-talented developer. Um, if you want the opportunity to introduce yourself, um, uh, please uh, yeah, let us get to know you. Uh, so multi-talented developer, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, tell us your name, um, we, you know, where you are and uh, what work, I, I guess, your name and where you are and how long you've been uh, developing it with Flutter. Oh, yeah. Um, so my name is Franklin. Yeah, and I'm from Nigeria. And I, I've been developing with Flutter for about since, since 2020. Yeah, so for... Well, hello, Franklin, and uh, hello. Uh, I, uh, I... Hello, can you hear me? Or oh, is my line breaking? Uh, no, we, we can hear you. Uh, you're, hi, Franklin. Uh, hi, hello from Nigeria. Um, and you've been developing Flutter since uh, 2020, the start of uh, COVID. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's all I, I heard. Um, but then you got caught off, cut off. Oh okay okay yeah yeah. So I was doing um native before from around since 2017 up to 2020. In 2020, I decided to try Flutter, and I've not left it since then. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've been doing Flutter for about three years now, and I and I work with it full time, and it's been great. Yeah. So I just like to um, be accustomed with what is going on in the ecosystem, so I won't be left behind. So that's why I'm interested in joining communities like this, and being on Twitter Spaces just to hear what's what's going on generally. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thanks, Franklin. All right. Uh, sorry about that, Marco. Uh, but now, Marco, let's go to Marco, and you have the floor. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, good to hear from you. Good, good to Marco. hear from you, too, Ray. Uh, I was listening to what you guys were talking about with the um, you know, each episode should have a focus, and you believe it should be more open-ended. And it could be a compromise of both. But it could be a, a simple subject for that particular episode. But obviously, with the section that is still open-ended to any kind of questions. And perhaps even adding just tips, water tips. I know that I run into a lot of uh, questions where people are asking how to do, like, you know, sometimes basic items. Sometimes they're asking complex questions on, you know, the solutions are complex, not as easy. 
perhaps it could also be a little FYI, hey, as a kid, better how you do this. And that might open up people to speak more with some kind of a subject line plus open-ended questions plus one tidbit. Now, it's going to be a lot more work, obviously, to do each episode, but it might stimulate more people. I don't know if you guys are trying to stay away from any kind of coding tips or anything like that. I don't know that we're trying to, to stay away from it, though I will mention that there's there's a, a YouTube stream, which is Hump Day Q&A, where they routinely receive coding questions. Sometimes they're basic coding questions. And... I think the issue with that experience, at least for me as an audience member, is that it quickly feels like it's a stream of Stack Overflow questions. There are a bunch of hyper-technical questions that apply to one person, and they just kind of cycle through one question after another like that. And again, for me as an audience member, I just completely lose interest because none of those things apply to me because they're so specific. Uh, and then and it, just, to, it just doesn't seem very useful to me. It doesn't seem broad enough, I, I'm a, I'd be a little concerned that we might end up in the same boat if we take kind of programming questions that even if they're all beginner questions, any one question very often only applies to a very, very small number of people. And so we, we might lose out on the rest of the audience in that case. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's very true. Well, the now problem with, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the problem for me with programming questions is that uh, this isn't, Splutter Spaces, Spaces calls aren't a very good format for that. Uh, you need to see the code. Uh, you need to have it visual. Uh, so before starting Flutter Spaces on Twitter, um, I looked into what other uh, platforms um, have this capability. Like, where can you share your code? Where can you view someone's screen? Uh, and the only platform that supports that, uh, supports peer-to-peer -peer screen screen sharing, is Discord. So Discord streams, but uh, no one uses that. <laughs> no, no, so uh, no one uses that except for uh, people with their own communities on Discord. Yeah, and that's that's very valid point. And some kind of a hint on what you want to talk about in a particular episode will definitely bring in more people that are interested in that. Um, as far as people speaking, I guess everyone is different. Some people might not like to speak and verse, you know, they like to chat uh, better, you know, which you guys are already handling. Uh, Matt handles it a lot better than I do. Um, I I haven't figured out how to uh, seamlessly merge speakers and our chat uh, responses. Uh, we have quite a few chat responses backed up, unfortunately. Uh, but Matt did a really good job handling uh, chat questions um, in the discussion with uh, Kevin Moore. Um, yeah, and having guests definitely is going to bring their followers onto the show. That's for sure. Um, especially <laughs> if you're going to talk about big topics, you know. They will bring them in, sure. Perhaps yeah, that it is. Should be a, um, maybe just a quick.
extremity say, what is the community really interested in talking about? What do we want to know? You know that can be spoken about here. A one angle, um, I, I think you're right, Marco, um, about uh, bringing you know, people on. And one angle that people have is, uh, one angle that we could take that could be you know, pretty successful is, uh, what do people do on Twitter? What do developers do on Twitter? Um, and you'll see that a lot of developers, they're actually sharing expertise. They're sharing their thoughts and things that they find. Uh, so let's make these flutter spaces also a platform for people to do that, uh, where people can share uh, you know, their, their tweets. Uh, people can share what they found. Um, people can share their packages, their articles, uh, their videos, etc. Um, and the goal is, you know, to have people come and share their expertise because there's a lot of domain knowledge that are just in people's heads. And one of the goals with these spaces originally um, was to unlock that knowledge. And that's really helped me. It's helped me become a better developer and it's helped me solve some uh, problems that I've, you know, grappled with uh, for years um, that have been solved because of these flutter spaces. Um, so I'm really appreciative for that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, and me too. I learn from all those posts myself. You know, I'm constantly learning, tuning, and improving, and constantly, you know, when needed to, uh, I do refactor my code or I use a different technique if I have to, you know, if I need to. If some of the ways, the old ways of doing it still work, I'm not too worried about it. You know? uh, other than when you have major upgrades, if you have. Yeah, what you said is is absolutely right, and uh, I also do the same thing. Learning from people's posts, what their experiences have been, sharing how they solve a particular problem. And I'm uh, sure. Thanks, Marco. Uh, um, and we we appreciate you tuning into these and and coming up and talking on multiple spaces as well. It's great. To, I think I think having some some regular kind of reoccurring guest speakers very similar to having reoccurring hosts creates some of that stability and consistency and it it creates more of a show atmosphere over time so i appreciate you coming up this week and last week to chat about flutter things and i hope you'll be able to stick around for future spaces as well um, I, I do want to be a little mindful of the time for the people here on stage and make sure they get a chance to speak because obviously sometimes people are only in a position to speak for a short period so let's jump to Nawid, and then after that, we will go to Favor. So, Nawid, would you like to come up and uh, ask questions or comments? Yeah, sure. Uh, hello, everyone, and thank you very much for having me. Uh, just a quick question. You can hear me right. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. but there's a background noise. Uh, okay, I'm not really sure about uh, that. That's, 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 not, uh, that's not on you, Nawid. Uh, favor, if you can just uh, stay muted until we come to you, that'd be great. Thank you. So yeah, as I was saying, thank you very much for having me. Uh, just a little bit about myself. My name is Naveed. In fact, this is the first time I am attending uh, this Flutter space, uh, or in fact, you know, any space on Twitter. Uh, perhaps the reason being, uh, I was based out of Middle East earlier, and this current time used to be very late for me. So I never used to join. So just recently, I moved to UK. And now the time zone is a little bit more favorable for me. So that is the reason uh, you know, I joined this space. 
and I hope to continue, you know, contributing to it and to learn from everyone, uh, you know, who, who come on, uh, come on stage, talk about their experience, what they have done, what do they plan to do, because the learning never stops. So, yeah, a little bit of uh, me as well. Uh, I have actually been developing mobile applications for last seven, eight years now. But I used to be developing using Xamarin Forms and uh, .NET MAUI uh, up until uh, you know earlier this year. I used to uh, I used to develop uh, you know in in Microsoft .NET for last twenty plus years. Uh, but recently, because of the you know the situation with the Microsoft tooling, I decided to switch to Flutter earlier this year. And uh, all I can say is that I have been extremely extremely happy. In fact, I'm working on a, a startup idea uh, built using Flutter, and I hope to release it uh, sometimes during uh, 2024. So, so far, my experience has been great. I have a comment and a question related to this. So this is, you know, uh, going back to what Matt was suggesting, that next year he plans to come up with some websites where he will talk about design patterns, he will talk about recipes. So this, I believe, is a great idea because when even I started my journey with Flutter, so as you know, be it Flutter or any other programming language or a framework or a tool, there are bits and pieces of everything that you will find. So if we talk about Flutter, definitely you will find some good tutorials, uh, good introductions to you know what is state management, how it is done. You will find some isolated tutorial about how animations are done. Uh, there will be something about storing data using Firebase or you know making networking API calls, etc. But these are all isolated, uh, you know, tutorials or videos or blog posts which are available. There is nothing which is tying it all together and presenting it as a cohesive, uh, you know. A building block or a or an application making use of all of these things in tandem. So this my suggestion would be for people who are new to Flutter and who want to learn. I think this would be a great great idea for them uh, because when I started in Flutter, for me Flutter was just a new way of writing UI using code or using Dart, which is very very similar to C Sharp. So I did not have any trouble. But a lot of other people that I spoke to because I did try to evangelize uh, Flutter as well. And when I spoke to a lot of people, they were all scared. They were saying, oh, what, Dart? Uh, we have to learn a new language called Dart. Oh, Flutter, it's a totally different UI paradigm. We don't want to move into this. We do not know what to do. How will we you know, build everything together? So this is where maybe you know these kind of recipes will really help the developers to move from other platforms to Flutter if they decide to. I'm not saying that they should. I mean, everyone has a free choice. Uh, they should decide what tool works works best for them. And if they like Flutter, uh, there should be some guidance for them. In fact, when I started with Flutter, with you know, learning Flutter, you would be surprised. Unlike most of other people, I did not start with a hello world kind of a Flutter application. The very first application that I started building you know, while learning Flutter was a very, very complex real-world application. Uh, and and it, it's basically building a full-fledged uh, YouTube clone, connecting to the Google APIs to get the data, displaying it in a very, very nice uh, you know, display 
very, very beautiful UI with animations uh, using state management. Uh, this is where I will come to as a question as well, uh, with you know ability to download these videos, ability to play back these videos and so on. So basically a full-fledged application that people can learn about. And, and this is something which I also posted on, on my YouTube channel as well. And I wrote a blog, a full blog post about it. A lot of developers from Microsoft actually did switch to Flutter after watching that video because it was a full-fledged application. Because earlier when I used to talk to people without this, this, this you know, full application, I used to talk to them about individual things about Flutter. They were confused. They did not know how it all comes together, how or what is the actual output they can get. So having a full-fledged recipe, this will be great for uh, Flutter developers, uh, both new as well as the existing uh, developers. So with this in mind, I also have a question. See, I come from uh, Microsoft World. I've been developing with Xamarin and .NET MAUI. And there we have uh, MVVM, Model View View Model Pattern, which is a very, very, you know, I would say powerful as well as easy to use pattern. Now, when I came to Flutter, I know Flutter has state management. It's a totally different paradigm. I'm not going to go into which is right or wrong. But for me, switching from the MVVM pattern to the state management pattern was a bit of a, you know, a, a difficult thing to grasp because I, I was used to doing things in a certain way for 20 years of my life. And now suddenly I had to uh, do something different. So I looked at Block. I looked at RiverPod. I looked at GetX. And there are maybe a couple more that I looked into. But I mean, I, I do understand how Flutter does things. But I found them to be a little bit more complicated for my use case. So I wanted to stick to how things are done in the MVVM world. So I resorted to using Stacked uh, package from PhilStack. It is, I would say, 90 95% of what uh, Microsoft World is doing. So maybe a, a good topic for next discussion, uh, you know, perhaps contrasting the MVVM pattern versus the traditional state management, how Riverpod or, or Block is doing, maybe maybe a conversation around that. This would be really helpful. Thanks, Navid. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting to hear that you had a, a long history with Microsoft. You mentioned .NET MAUI. I was actually under the impression that .NET MAUI uh, was a fairly recent creation. I thought .NET MAUI was kind of Microsoft's declarative UI offering to match Flutter, Jetpack Compose, Swift UI. Can you talk just a little bit about what .NET MAUI is, how long it's been around, what it's used for? No, .NET MAUI was never created to counter Flutter or React or any of the other frameworks. So .NET MAUI is a rewrite or the next evolution of Xamarin Forms. Xamarin had been, had been around since, I think, 2012. And Microsoft acquired Xamarin in 2017. And it's a declarative uh, UI framework. And in 2020, uh, Microsoft started building .NET MAUI as a new version to replace Xamarin. So in 2022, of May of 2022, they released .NET MAUI. And they said that Xamarin support will end in May of 2024. So they gave two years uh, end of life for Xamarin applications. And MAUI is basically exactly the same thing as Xamarin, maybe upgraded to the latest uh, Microsoft.NET frameworks, using the latest tool sets, uh, uh, bringing in some language enhancements, uh, and so on. 
so it is it is not to counter react or uh, uh, flutter or or swift or any or, or, or compose it's a totally different uh, way of doing things it's something like very similar to how you write web applications using html So it is .NET MAUI declarative UI, or is it imperatives? Because I it use um, I use both. Xamarin it, way back. It allows both, Sorry. but majority of the people they go with the declarative UI because it's neater. It's uh, again it depends on which framework you are coming from. If you come from the Swift framework, you will definitely want to go to the uh, you know programmatic way of uh, building the UI in .NET MAUI. If you are coming from Flutter, you would definitely do that. But if you are coming from other Windows-based application development like WPF or uh, even HTML and so on, you would want to go to the declarative side of uh, development. So it allows both. The backend code is in C-sharp, which is, uh, I would say, 90% similar to Dart. That is the backend programming language where you write your logic. But for the front end, you have an option either to build the UI using C-sharp, just like we do in Flutter using Dart, or you can do it declaratively using the tags as in HTML. Okay, I guess let's uh, let's maybe be a little more specific there because uh, our so Dart code in Flutter is declarative. The fact that it's a programming language doesn't impact that. It's the widget tree is declarative, even I mean, the inside of state objects is imperative, but your your build method, your widget tree is declarative, even though it's the Dart programming language. So to, just to be clear for the audience, declarative doesn't mean uh, markup language. Declarative is just a programming paradigm. It might be a markup language, it might be a programming language, but it's a way of stating the outcome rather than implementing how you get there. And so, uh, Naveed, in .NET MAUI, do, even in code, in the C-sharp, are people calling methods to assemble the view hierarchy or are they listing out the structure of the view hierarchy and then .NET MAUI figures out how to put that on the screen? So if you are building it using the C-sharp code, you have to use the methods to build the hierarchy. So you would you would say, okay, uh, add a grid. In this grid, define three columns. Uh, in, in column number one, put this information and so on. So you have to write .NET code. Uh, basically calling the functions and properties. Whereas when I meant declarative, I meant using the markup language. There you build the hierarchy using the markup language. And then .NET MAUI figures out how to translate that into the underlying, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the tree, how to render it. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting that they, that they have both of those modalities in the same UI toolkit, but that's, that's good to know. Um, and also to your point about helping people learn Flutter in a cohesive way, I will also mention that I'm at least investigating uh, publishing a book on Flutter Foundations, and that really would be a kind of continuous narrative, starting with the most basic fundamental contextual view of Flutter through stateless widgets, stateful widgets, animation concepts and animation implementations all the way through. So if I do uh, publish that book, I think that might even might even be more of what you described in terms of giving the basis in one cohesive way. So we'll see how I make progress on that. And I'm sorry, I've, I've forgotten. Now. I guess your question was about uh, MVVM versus state management. Was that the yes, question or can you repeat the question? Yes, that, you that was the question. So MVVM is a little bit different way of doing things. Uh, 
especially if you're coming from the Microsoft world, whereas the state management in Flutter is done, it's a different paradigm altogether. So maybe if we can contrast or, or compare uh, the two models, maybe just for the sake of conversation or discussion, because as I said, I'm using Stacked, and I'm so far very happy with it. Sure. Uh, so I, I think perhaps starting with one point is that if you're using, now I haven't used that package that you're referring to from filled stacks, but you said you're using it, you're happy with it, and you feel <clears throat> that it's that's remarkably similar to your background with MVVM and .NET. And if, if that's the case, then I think the first thing to recognize is that by definition, Flutter has not prevented you from using that approach, right? Because you say you're using that package and it is that approach. That is correct. The okay. reason, so, the reason yeah, so that I was I, asking for, because uh, right now, when I switched from uh, you know, .NET Mavi or Xamarin to Flutter, so stacked or the, from fill stacks, this was the most natural progression for me to easily move from the way I was doing things in Microsoft World uh, and, and, and continue doing the same in Flutter. Now, the reason I want to have this conversation is for my own better understanding whether this is still a good way of continuing or going to the traditional state management, let's say what is provided by Block or what is provided by uh, Riverport. Is that a better opportunity going forward for my next project? Now, the reason I'm saying is, first of all, I would say there is, when, when we are talking about architecture, because uh, uh, first of all, I'm a solution architect uh, by profession. I've been doing this for last uh, you know 15 plus years. So I would very openly say that there is no right or wrong when it comes to architectures. There are, of course, maybe, you know, again, uh, uh, subjective. There are good ways of doing things and there are bad ways of doing things. Let's not call it bad. There are good ways of doing things and there are not so good ways of doing things. But everyone has fair choice. Let them decide how they want things to be done. So if someone is using, say, Riverport and someone else is using Block, there is no right or wrong. The reason I want to have this conversation is for my understanding so that I get it clear in my head that from next project onwards, should I stick to stacked or should I maybe venture into, say, Riverport, which might be a better option for me going forward? Hey, let me jump in real quick, Weed. Uh, so uh, I want to get Zach um, on stage because Zach... Uh, we, he he dropped he was here for quite a while and then he dropped off so I don't want to lose him uh, but to your uh, discussion um, so first uh, definitely check out the flutter spaces we had two weeks ago uh, it's recorded uh, with Remy um, on Riverpod that was in well three weeks ago I mean that was incredibly incredibly uh, helpful um, personally uh, uh, for me and I think for a lot of a lot of people found it really helpful and then uh, the discussion about whether uh, you know to continue using Stacked or some of these other state management uh, solutions. Well, keep on coming to these spaces, and um, Matt has Matt has a really really good viewpoint on this, and I, I really uh, endorse um, his take that we should use you know what's built into Flutter. Um, and um, what is a really good suggestion you had, Navid, is for next week or the week after. Uh, let's get filled stacks into. Uh, let's invite filled stacks into these spaces. Uh, let's invite Daniel. Uh, Daniel, so he's 
um, the person behind Fields, one of the people behind Field Stacks. Let's invite Daniel to these spaces. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Ray. All right. Uh, yeah, you, look, stay on. Um, you, you brought up a lot of you know really interesting things that we can delve into if we have time at the end. Uh, but I want to get to Zach. So Zach, Theo, uh, you have the floor. Um, if you want to come up and introduce yourself, uh, let's let's meet. Uh, I'd love to meet you. Hello. Yeah. Good. Good uh, morning, afternoon, depending on your location. But my place now is evening. Good evening. Yeah, good evening, guys. My name is Zach, just like how it is indicated in the Twitter space. And then um, I'm a Flutter developer. Uh, I started Flutter when I started Flutter, uh, though um, more like I started Flutter not quite long. I started Flutter January this year. Yeah, January this year. So it's been like, um, it, the journey has been like 11 months now. Um, it has been fun. And I'm from Africa. Sorry to interrupt real quick, but I'm for yeah, me this is uh, you're, doing well. so Zach, I actually you're super wonderful. And I was like, well, I just had to quickly join and see what is going on in the social space. And I quite know, I like I know Marco. I've been following him up for quite some time. Um, I've also gotten his books and followed up with the books and. Hey Zach, Zach, are you able to hear us? Um, you're you're very uh, staticky. Uh, it's hard to hear what you're saying. Um, are you able to get to a place with better reception, or uh, turn your uh, 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 your hand might be covering your microphone? <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry, can you hear me now? Am I audible enough now? That's much. Uh, yes, yes, it's a lot better. Uh, if you want to start from the beginning, Zach. Okay, okay, no problem. Like I said, I, I how I started, I said my name is uh, just like it is indicated in the Flutter space that I'm Zach and I'm happy to be here. I, I saw it on Twitter space and I decided to join and just to know how far what is going on in the Flutter space. And I started Flutter January. It's not been long. It's been long, but not very long. January this year. So it's been like 11 months when I, where I started Flutter. And it's been an interesting journey. So looking at guys, looking at big, big, and uh, how would I put it, looking at them uh, and heroes, more like experts in this field, I'm quite happy to be here just to gain experience and the rest. And I know some, I know like uh, Mr. Macro, I know him, I not know him person to person, more like I've been following him for some time and I've also gotten his books and um, gone through most of the Flutter book that he wrote, just one, the one I got my hands on, the Flutter books that he wrote and it has been also part of my, uh, how I put it, development in this Flutter space and I've developed quite some a few apps and I'm still learning and I'm happy to be here. So I don't know. Is there any other thing you want? Hello. Yeah, that's a great intro. And well, welcome to Flutter. Uh, you've been developing for eleven months. That's great. Uh, and how how are you liking it so far? Uh, what state management? Or I guess yeah. How how are you liking it so far? Um, and what's your uh, stack that you use? Like I said, um, 
11 months and I'm still counting because it has been an interesting journey and I really love it. The state management I actually employed on uh, that, that I'm actually using and I'm still using is a provider, just provider. And I'm though planning to also see the block because I've seen some of my friends and the rest, they use block and they actually say block is, though I just want to get a test of block, but I've been using provider just and all this while I've been using provider. So that is it. And also I hadn't I as I also have a experience in a Python fast API. So I have tried using fast API as a back end instead of the normal Firebase and <clears throat> as yeah fast API Python fast API as the back end so and Flutter as the front end. Just I just uh, created an, an app and what the app was and basically uh, dragging the API, this Bing API, using Fast API, and uh, interacting it with Flutter, so you could easily chat with uh, this AI Bing, this Microsoft AI. Uh, so that is it, and I'm also exploring more. So that's basically it. Uh, the the provider that's what I use. Yeah. Oh, great! Thank you, Matt Zach. Yeah, thank you. All right, we have, uh, we had, uh. So- Oh, dang. Uh, Horace, Horace. Horace was up here for a while and then dropped off. So, Horace, if you want to come back up, we'll uh, we'll give you priority here to jump in with your question or comment. I know you were waiting for a while. Oh, we also have a request from uh, Malcolm, uh, Junior Malcolm. Um, are you able to uh, grant his request, Matt? Um, I can't I can't bring him up for some reason. I already accepted. It looked like he was connecting for a while and then uh, and then disappeared. So I think he may have dropped off or had a connection issue. But uh, Horace did just jump back up on stage. So Horace, would you like to ha- uh, ask a question or make a comment? Just make sure you hit your mic button so you're unmuted. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, yeah, I actually pressed the mic button uh, accidentally the first time, so I wasn't really meant to be in the queue, but I thought I'd say hi anyway. Okay, well, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. Feel free to talk about anything Flutter or Dark that you'd like. Um, Where's there? I don't know. I can tell you a bit about how I'm using it at, at the company I work for, um, and then back away and let others with more specific points come up. But, uh, but yeah, we're like a... Um, a marketplace app for people in the care industry to find work at care homes and hospitals throughout the country. Um, and our app is built in Flutter. So we've got about 90 odd thousand users uh, built in Riverpod in about like six weeks, I think it is. It took us to build the first version and yeah, happy with it. It works, it's great. Um, I kind of find all of this like state management chat a bit a bit interesting. It feels like a bit of a wasted opportunity or wasted energy that goes into this discussion quite a lot because, I don't know, um, find something you like that works well, it doesn't take you ages to build and, and just do that, right? Um, it is my kind of policy on it, but I don't know. How do others feel about it? And how long have you been a Flutter developer? Oh, I started in 2018, just ahead of Google I.O., the, the one time I've been. Um, so I managed to, I think this is when they were kind of really starting to 
pushed the button on promoting it and talking about it. So I was lucky enough to meet a bunch of the team and talk in detail with them about it then. So been doing it a while. Um, done a few apps with it, freelance stuff and, and whatever else. So I guess reasonably seasoned. Um, I kind of came over to it having been an Android dev for God knows how long now. It's been probably about 10 or 11 years doing Android. Um, so I look at Flutter and think, great, this is all very easy and all very nice to do. I, I see lots of gripes and complaints about Flutter, but I think, gosh, compared to compared to Android and some of the dark days of doing that, this is a walk in the park, I think. Yeah, for sure. You and I have a somewhat similar background then. I was also an Android developer for a long time, and uh, I, I came to Flutter maybe six months or something before mm. you. I came to it at the very end of 2017, and then in the middle of uh, 2018, I joined the Flutter team. Um, and so I think, actually, I may have been at the I.O. after the one that, that you're talking about. But for one of those, either 2018 or 2019, I was working one of the booths at, at I.O. for the Flutter team. Oh, nice. Um, so it's interesting interesting that we have a kind of similar history there. But I'm glad you're still doing Flutter development. And I, I think you're right that compared to Android, Flutter is, is just a much better experience. Uh, I would also say compared to traditional iOS, Flutter is a much better experience. Yeah, absolutely. So of course, Swift UI is, is changing that a little bit on the UI front, at least. Um, but anything to avoid dealing with Xcode builds is, uh, is good for me. I don't want to touch that stuff. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, all right, Wayne, thanks for coming up on stage and sharing that. And I, you know, we hope you come to more of these calls. And by all means, feel free to bring topics along with you next time. Uh, you know, we'd love to have, have the public discussion. Uh, so thanks, Horace, That's for that. Cheers. And we, you got it. And uh, Junior, it looks like we were able to get you connected. Would you like to ask any questions or make any comments? Uh, junior, uh, uh, you have the floor. Uh, evening, uh, I'm Junior Malcolm. I'm a Flutter developer uh, for about three years now. Um, I saw, I saw, I saw uh, people trying to talk about uh, what uh, people talking about what what uh, since when they started Flutter. So I'm a francophone. Don't mind my English, please. I'm learning. So I just wanted to uh, to to present myself. Um, I've been joining the space for a long time since since the beginning of the space. Um, just wanted just wanted to present myself. Thanks. Yeah, hi, Mal uh, how ma hi, Malcolm. Is it Junior or is it Malcolm? Junior Malcolm. The book. Oh, because it's Francophone. Junior Malcolm. I, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, with Quebec. A lot of people in Quebec, um, uh, there's like a... It, it, the name it, it's not junior or malcolm it's junior malcolm oh very cool um do you want to uh tell us a little bit about open x tech um it says that you work at open x tech and thanks for being in these spaces uh, i really appreciate that 
uh, yeah, uh, OpenStack is a Camunia enterprise that does many, uh, that provide uh, computer, so, um, computer solutions. Well, it means creating apps, creating logos, and and a lot, a lot of stuff. But at OpenStack, I'm working, I'm working there as a mobile developer. I'm working as a mobile developer, and in OpenStack, what we are trying to do is we are trying to build um app for microfinances. I don't know if they are having microfinances in the different countries and where you are, but also here we have microfinances that permit us to uh, that help maybe cause um, sellers to keep their money or even other individuals to store their money just like a it's a small form of of a, of a bank. So in OpenStack, we are working on some solution that is uh, is already even deployed. Blue Cash that Blue Cash is deployed on App Store. It helps uh, uh, sellers do do to contribute so as they can store their money. So that's basically uh, what OpenStack OpenStack is an enterprise that does in computerized solution. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, are there any flutter topics you'd like to, uh, that's burning, you know, on your mind that you'd like to discuss? Uh, flutter topic, flutter topic. Uh, um, not really, just, 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 uh, <laughs> just, uh, I'm doing flutter, but there's something that is real bothering me is, um, I've noticed, I've noticed, it's true, it's true, um, Flutter give us the possibility of, of building, of building uh, uh, iOS apps, of building iOS apps, but me, I'm using Flutter, yeah, I'm using Flutter for a long time, it's been long, I've been using Flutter, but right now it's true, I prefer going um, to switch for iOS apps because it's more, the UI friendly and something I have a uh, it's a problem I have with Flutter. The UI is not is not really like the the Swift UI uh, inter um, UI components. So that is I uh, that is something. There's a problem I have with uh, Flutter, but it's not it's not of a big deal. Hey, Junior Malcolm, I'll take, I want to take this opportunity to also answer a question that Samuel asked, which I think dovetails into what you just described. So you said that the, the Flutter's Cupertino widgets are, don't really match the quality and style of the Swift UI views. And so you're using Swift UI for iOS instead of Flutter. A little while ago, I started an effort to clone all of Swift UI in Flutter, ideally to replace the Cupertino widgets with Flutter widgets that really do look and behave just like iOS, just like Swift UI. Uh, and Samuel asked, what is the status of that project? So I'd like to just answer that really quickly. At the moment, uh, so probably a month ago or so, all of the UX leads for that project were selected. At the moment, we are starting with the most kind of basic view possible in the cloning process to figure out how we want to operate as a team. As we speak, there are three UX leads, one for typography, one for localization, and uh, one, I think, for accessibility. 
who are specking out the Swift UI text view, which we will then clone into our own version of a text widget that represents all the capabilities or recreates all the capabilities of a Swift UI text view. From there, we'll probably go to something like HStack, VStack, ZStack, get all the layout primitives. And we're going to build from the ground out until eventually we have everything up to including things like lists, tables, navigation views, etc. So Junior Malcolm, if we are successful in that project, my hope is that we will have all of the widgets that you need for that purpose and you won't have to go to Swift UI for your iOS apps anymore. Just wanted to jump in and make that point. And Ray, back to you with wherever you'd like to go with Junior Malcolm or the next speaker. Uh, yeah, I'll hand it back to Junior Malcolm. Um, if you have any um, other thoughts or any comments on what Matt just said. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just... Okay. Well, let's go... Uh, we have another speaker um, on the stage, um, and I'm really excited about this one. Uh, Terth, uh, you have the floor. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Matt and Ray, for hosting this spaces. Uh, this is the first time I'm speaking in any Twitter space. So, yeah, please bear with me. So, 2024, I'm, uh, I'm excited to learn some like advanced concepts like shaders and uh, try to uh, work on some different kind of issues in the Flutter SDK that I uh, uh, like. Uh, into it. So basically, 2023 was all about contributing, uh, getting started with contributing to Flutter SDK. Uh, currently, I'm only managed to solve one kind of issues you can say, like adding a new property with little or no logic, or piping an existing property, uh, adding missing tests. So. Uh, 2023 was all about that. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. And also was, uh, uh, I started working on one fintech company here in India, which, which is building a Save Now Bilater platform. So, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Oh, I wouldn't minimize your contributions, Terth. So why I'm so excited to, to talk to you and you know, have you up here is... Because Terth, if you haven't known, uh, definitely you know check out his profile and give him a follow, because he uh, contributes some of the most uh, number of commits to the Flutter repo. Uh, so that is incredibly impressive. Um, and Terth here is one of the top contributors, top outside contributors uh, to the core Flutter framework. Um, and in the recent Flutter beta. Uh, you had I, I shared this tweet to the tweet box. Uh, four of your commits made it into the notable commits. So these aren't uh, <laughs> these definitely are not one-off commits. They are from the Flutter team highlighted as notable commits. So <laughs> I am really happy to be able to talk to you and have you here, Terth. No, no, no. Thanks a lot, Ray. Uh, uh, words means a lot. Oh, well, your work means a lot. Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts or any, uh, I mean, you've worked with Flutter so much, right? So you probably have some opinions or anything you'd like yeah. us to, or knowledge, um, even, if you yeah. want to share. So, 
Yeah, so I in 2022 or 2021, I used to, uh, you know, think about contributing to SDK, but it was overall overwhelming process. So I, I started contributing with Flutter slash website repo, which is relatively easy. Uh, then uh, some of my friends here in India, uh, one of uh, one of them is also officially a contributor, Ayush Birwani. Uh, like his name is there in the uh, contributor list. Basically, he, ha- he has the right access to the repository. So I checked out a couple of his PRs. And there is one bot as well on Twitter, uh, which uh, retweets when something is merged in the master branch. So I saw Ayush's PR. Uh, I read, I went through it. And that inspired me to uh, start uh, looking for the issues. I mean, uh, start following the process uh, uh, using which I can find uh, uh, some issues which I can work on. So uh, there are some tips such as you can filter out new feature or P3 issues, which are relatively easy to work on. You have to definitely read the description. So I started with uh, issues which uh, where someone has requested to add a new property because it's not customizable out of the box. So that really helped me. And there is his other friend who works at Amazon and also has the contributed access. He's also from India. Uh, his name is Viren Khatri. I also checked out a couple of his pull requests. Uh, so yeah, uh, Viren and Ayush are like big inspirations and uh, their PRs only helped me to like get started. Oh, that's great to know. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, Ayush, he uh, really helped a lot of people um, uh, contribute, start contributing, uh, because he wrote a guide, you know, on how to <laughs> how to you know start contributing. And yeah, that's great to hear. So, would you say that if you want to contribute to the Flutter repo, um, it, well, you just you know gave that, gave out a like pathway on how you were able to do so. So that's that's really helpful. Thank you. Uh, I also planned one internal session, you know, a company like how uh, one can get started, but never really uh, I got on the stage. But I do have one presentation which I have drafted, uh, one opinionated guide, basically whatever has worked for me so far. Uh, so in that, I added some labels like P1 to P6, but uh, recently Flutter team have reduced those labels from uh, reduced to the P1 to P3. So. I need to update my slides as well. So I, I my presentation is not, I have not tried my presentation anywhere yet, actually. Uh, so basically in 2024, I'm also planning to uh, start my speaking journey as well. I, actually, I, I have huge stage fear. You might guess it from my voice, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Uh, these flutter spaces are a great way to um, practice you know, sharing your knowledge uh, if you're, you know, going to be a speaker. Uh, and if you're a speaker at, you know, one of these conferences, so you have a lot of people, you know, they put a lot of work, they put um, dozens and sometimes a hundred hours into, you know, a presentation for a conference. Um, I know because I've done so as well. Uh, and uh, they give the presentation uh, to an audience and then that's it. <laughs> That's it. There's no opportunity for dialogue. So these spaces are, you know, unique in that 
you can talk to people. <laughs> you can actually have a conversation. No, definitely. That's right. And I mean, uh, see, currently it's 3 a.m. in India, but uh, I am, uh, you know, uh, not even feeling sleepy because I was watching Humday Q&A a uh, few minutes ago and I'm here in the spaces. So Wednesday is all about these two things. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot again for hosting this, Matt and uh, we do need to get that problem solved, and I'm sure there's lots of people in India and Earth. Maybe you can spearhead this even uh, to get these flutter spaces running at a time that works better for you. That that could be that that should definitely be one of our uh, 2024 goals, uh, because India um, has uh, codelessly actually sponsored um, a conference, uh, the Flutter uh, India conference. And uh, I sponsor that conference because uh, in recognition of how many great developers there are from India, um, there are incredible, incredible Flutter developers there. Uh, yeah, actually, one of the engineer who works on code, Leslie, uh, I, he's my, uh, like, he's a mutual friend, uh, Birju. Uh, uh, I met him first in, I think, 2019 at one of the DevFest only. Uh, so, yeah, he's from the same state where, uh, from, like, we are from the, basically from the same state. So, uh, awesome. That's good to hear. All right. Uh, so we'll go to our next speaker. Um, so we have uh, Antuk uh, back again. Uh, so Antuk, you have the floor. Hi, Matt. Hi, Ray. And hi, all the participants. Uh, happy to be here. And uh, I see the question being, what will you do with Flutter? Into the oh, by the way, before that, I want to thank Tirt also uh, for its contributions. I think this is how we will keep Flutter uh, afloat. Uh, so thank you for that. And for 2024, I have a couple of uh, plans uh, for for my coding journey. Uh, the biggest one is uh, AI, integrating AI uh, with Flutter. I started learning uh, Langchain recently because in December, because of many holidays, uh, my workplace is uh, everybody's on holiday including me. So this was a nice opportunity for me to start learning that. Maybe I, I was a little bit late, but still, uh, I think it has a lot of potentials. And there are some new packages, such as Langchain in PubDev. So I started learning and experimenting with that. Uh, and uh, I started to like it. I created a new ChatGPT account uh, one more thing that I want to do in 2024 is uh, attend the Flutter conference, a big one if possible. That is close to me. And also, I never had the chance to use GitHub Copilot before. And I see that it helps people a lot. Like, I see myself as a, a seasoned developer. So maybe I was kind of reluctant to use help from outside, which is uh, these you know AI models, ChatGPT kind of things. 
I thought they wouldn't help too much. But then I see my coworkers and my friends using it, and all of them are telling me that this is uh, increasing their efficiency a lot, especially for you know boilerplate work and stuff like that. So uh, I want to create a GitHub mobile account and start integrating that to my daily uh, work. Uh, that's another plan I want to do. Uh, these are my 24 plans, 2024 plans. And one more thing, I shared a post under Matt's uh, spaces. Uh, it was from Casey Rogers, and it, it is from four hours ago. In, uh, it's kind of a rant, but it's, it's on the positive side. Uh, I know him from Twitter, and uh, he just wants Flutter to be better. So some of his points that he made there are really uh, spot on, uh, at least in my opinion. Maybe you guys can look at it afterwards or now. And yeah, that was comments. one of the first posts I shared oh, Okay, uh, I in, in the tweet box. Uh, so I'll, I'll share it again. Uh, and that's one of the topics I wanted to discuss. I, I did invite Casey uh, Rogers to uh, this space, but he um, is never available at this time. <laughs> unfortunately uh, but he says he'll uh, try to be available for the next one yeah, it would be really nice to uh, hear him out uh, and uh, by the way welcome back Ray uh, I know you were here last week but I wasn't today I, uh, when I was walking to my workplace I started listening to the podcast from last week about Wasm uh, but I couldn't finish it up hopefully tonight I will do that uh, so welcome back it's nice to see you here. And that's all from me. Thank you. Thanks, Aitung. Great to have you uh, join us again. I always, always appreciate the audience members who keep coming back and keep coming to the stage to talk about what they're doing. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what you do with AI in 2024. Uh, be sure to come back and share your progress with us as it goes on. I do see that Tony is, uh, is on the stage. Uh, Tony has also joined, at least as a listener, on a number of spaces. Tony, I can't remember if you've come up to the stage in the past, but uh, the floor is yours. Do you have any questions or comments about Flutter or Dart? Hey, guys. Uh, hello, everyone. So just I uh, have a question to um, the uh, Flutter guys here that uh, I'm like wondering why the uh, Canvas Kit web is disabling the Zoom functionality of the browser. So usually uh, we can zoom, the, uh, zoom all the web pages uh, built using other web technologies, right? So, and uh, we, we know that uh, it has two renderers uh, in the Canvas Kit. Usually uh, for performance reasons, uh, Canvas Kit is actually recommended by the Flutter team, but when we pinch zoom this page, it doesn't do anything. So this is something very important for the accessibility, right? So just want to uh, uh, know why it is uh, disabled. Yeah, that's me. So do you want to take this one, Matt, or should I take it? Oh, last so, I think oh. uh, uh, both of me, you only can uh, right? um, answer uh, this, question, this question. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll take this question. Um, 
in last week's space, uh, this was asked uh, to Kevin Moore. Um, so Kevin Moore's uh, the product. Wait, so, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know the exact title, uh, but is he the product manager of Dart? I think he's a product manager on the Dart language team. Okay, thank you. Uh, so last week we had Kevin Moore, and he answered this question. Uh, so they asked, you know, about the Zoom and the accessibility, um, and he says they're looking at it. Um, so it might be uh, Turth. You might have some knowledge here. Is it like P three or something or P four maybe? Uh, but it is being looked at. Ah, okay, thanks. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and uh, if yes, if you actually want to go to the thread, uh, so I don't have it right now, but it is uh, we actually got um, a follow up comment that links to the GitHub issue. So there is, you know, a Canvas Zoom uh, GitHub issue. Uh, so if you look at the previous tweet uh, for the previous space, um, you can scroll down into the comment and find the actual GitHub issue there. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Tony, for coming up on stage and asking that question, and I uh, hope to see you in future spaces as well. I think it's probably getting close to time to wrap things up. There, is, uh, there was one question that was posted you know, asking if we could talk a little bit more about Dart, because Dart, especially for backend, has some value. Not everything is about Flutter, and that's, that's true. So I think that comment was from Samuel. Now, in Samuel's comment, he specifically referenced what looks like a kind of express JS port in Dart called Faro. I think it's called Faro. Um, I will also mention that Invertase has released something called Globe. So essentially the Dart Globe. Um, I, so I can't speak to what Faro is internally. I haven't used it, but it sounds like it's some kind of express port. I did play it around a little bit with Globe from Invertase. They... Their official description, they say, Globe is a deployment platform for Dart developers that allows you to deploy your Dart backend, frontend, and Flutter web applications to a globally distributed service without the need to manage servers, networks, or scaling. I will say that when I, when I read that, I thought, oh, maybe now I can move my Dart web servers over to Globe instead of running them on GCP. Uh, most of my websites right now are actually Flutter apps that behave like websites, and I have a Dart web server behind the scenes that serves up that Flutter experience. And so I, working with GCP is fine, but it's kind of a hassle. There's a lot of stuff going on with GCP. I'd rather just use this simple system uh, called Globe. But what I found out almost immediately was that Globe doesn't ha currently have any support for file system access. So I think that Globe is less of a generic deployment platform. And right now it's more of like, you might call it a serverless function offering. From Globe, you can call databases running elsewhere and that kind of stuff. But there's no file system in that actual deployment. And so for me, that unfortunately immediately made it kind of useless for my use case because I have like markdown files stored in the file system. I have other static assets. Um, the actual HTML files that are sent back are read from the file system. So I wasn't able to make any use of it. But those of you who maybe have some different 
Dart backend goals, you might want to check out Globe. Of course, there I think most of us are probably familiar, at least in name, with Shelf as the kind of core networking Dart package. There's also Dart Frog, which is a kind of backend system built by very good ventures. There's ServerPod, which is a more sophisticated kind of full-featured backend system. Uh, so these are all available. They all have value for various use cases. And it, given that all of us know Dart as Flutter developers, you might find that you're able to expand your expertise to backend as well uh, with Dart backend offerings. Now, Jose did just uh, request to come up on stage. So before we start closing things down, Jose, would you like to make any comments or ask any questions? Jose, you're currently muted. Did you want to ask anything oh, or say anything? Sorry, um, mistake. Uh, go on, please. Okay. Then, uh, Jose, I'm going to go ahead and mute you. Uh, Ray, as we start to kind of spin things down, is there anything you'd like to mention before we close up shop? Uh, yes. Uh, so we have a poll. Um, we, I posted the, a poll inside of the tweet box, uh, and it says, should Flutter Spaces have a weekly topic to center the discussion? Uh, if you haven't uh, voted in the poll yet, uh, please click into that tweet and uh, cast your vote. And so far, uh, we have 65% uh, that says, yes, have a topic. And we have 23% that says, no, keep it free form uh, with 31 votes. And 13% that says see results. Uh, so we've heard a few uh, from a few people here on, you know, the benefit of having a, a topic um, and of having something more reliable and some structure. Uh, so that feedback is really great feedback. Um, and maybe next time uh, we can discuss, you know, how we want to do that um, in these spaces. Uh, we also have some comments, one from Captured Heart that says, uh, sorry, uh, Captured Heart, uh, uh, I, I don't have his name here. Um, it says the uniqueness of this space was that was the freeform discussions. Uh, so that's from Captured Heart. And then Sahil says, I think we can do it by having topics and freeform discussions alternatively. It can be very great and flexible. And I've personally cast my vote for uh, no keep, well, actually I cast my, I don't get to cast a vote since I made the poll, but if I could cast a vote, I would vote for keep it free form. Uh, but uh, that's not up to me because the goal is to encourage discussions. Sometimes free form discussions encourage discussions because it involves the community, but we do need to have a structure and we also do need to keep um, keep something consistent going, um, and because people, listeners, um, and everyone uh, really benefit from that, I can see that. So we have thanks to everyone that you know came up on stage. Uh, we have quite a few topics um, that are you know up in the air. Uh, we need to invite uh, Mike Diamond uh, from Invertase uh, to. Uh, come and you know talk about uh, dark globe 
Dark Globe um, backend solution he just built. I think that would be really interesting. Um, we also definitely need to see if Felix wants to come on. <laughs> uh, I always laugh because, uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Felix on if he'll, he'll uh, come on. Um, and, uh, yeah, there were quite a few other topics as well, uh, like MVVM. Uh, so we need to invite Daniel from Filled Stacks. Uh, and then there's a few other topics as well um, that we uh, that that were shared in the comments too. So a full slate, quite a full slate. All right. Uh, before we close it up, Matt, uh, do we want to just open it up? Since we have so many speakers up on stage, uh, do we just want to open it up for maybe like ten minutes or so, um, or how much time do you have left? Um, I, I sort of want to. Uh, try something here where so far the context of these spaces has been sort of a, a podium or a mic um, in a room. So you have a designated speaker. And I really prefer that format because it lets people, uh, the, it gives people the opportunity uh, to present their thoughts right. But um, in other spaces that I've been in and seen, you have a more freeform discussion when there are more speakers. Uh, so I sort of want to try that. And hey, if Marco might want to talk to uh, Turth and Tony might want to discuss with Horace. Um, what do you think? I think I'm about at the end of my time for today. Uh, maybe we can try that next time. Or is there some way for me to give you control over the space and you can keep it going? Uh, so since I'm the co-host, uh, if you leave, uh, it will end the space. <laughs> and so if the host leaves, it ends the space. Uh, but I think you can transfer it to me. I don't see an option to do that, I don't think. Uh, it might be only on web then. Well. All right. Well, I guess we'll try that next time. Um, and that's an incentive, you know, to get a lot of speakers up here. So definitely, you know, come back. And uh, we do want to try having a more freeform discussion. Yeah, that sounds good. So we hope to see all of you next week and beyond. And we hope when you come back, you once again come up on stage and we'll have more of a group discussion and give, uh, give Ray's idea a try. So thanks for coming by. Thanks for speaking. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.